This is the Good Morning Hamilton podcast on 900 CHML. Healthcare, as we know, is a huge topic in this country, in this province, in this city, of course. We're in crisis mode in Canada. What the answer is, well, that remains to be seen on what this federal cabinet retreat holds in terms of what's coming up in the spring budget and what the federal government decides to ultimately do. We've uh, seen what the provincial government wants to do with health care, but we know this. Um, health funding is certainly lacking at some levels of governments. There's physician burnout, there's attrition and uh, recruitment factors. There's got to be some options on the table. What is the answer? How do we fix our healthcare system? Well, Paul Kershaw is not only a professor in the School of Population Health at the University of British Columbia, he has some ideas on how we can move the ball forward in a positive light. Paul, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm well, thank you. It's clear the status quo is not working. Um, Why hasn't it? Well, I think it reflects uh, uh, primarily that we misunderstand what makes us healthy and well. I think too often we assume that it's a strong medical care system that makes us well when really the medical care system simply needs to kick into gear when the other parts of our systems have allowed us to become sick in the first place. And so I think we have two options right now. On the one hand, we think we have like a long line of patients for whom we need to spend more on the medical system to have more doctors and nurses care for them. And we'll debate about how much of that should be in the private or the public system and how much of it should be used to pay doctors. And yes, all of those questions are important. But their answers are not enough to make us healthy. We actually need to focus more on the investments that will prevent illness and keep people well. And that's much more on the social side. That's the child care, the poverty reduction, the housing investments, and so on. Now, we're doing that to a certain extent. There's a new dental care program, for for instance. There could potentially be a, a new nationwide pharmacare program if the Liberals and NDP kind of find that middle ground on whatever that looks like. So things have been done in that regard. Is it well, enough? Notice, though, though, and so I shouldn't interrupt on the radio. That was so rude. But notice I was <laughs> going to say that um, the moment you talk about pharmacare or uh, dental care, those are still parts of the medical care system. When we're right. talking about promoting health and well-being, we're actually needing to move further upstream. So here's a different metaphor to think about. You know, would you rather flee the window of your burning home or do the work that's necessary to prevent a fire? And of course, we're grateful for firefighters and their heroism, but we all know that preventing fires is so much less deadly, damaging, and costly. And right now, what we, we saw some decades ago, our provincial governments were consistently spending more on social and educational spending by comparison with healthcare, by comparison with medical care. I need to be really precise here. More on social and education issues than medical care. Now they spend considerably less on social and education compared to medical care. They've swapped their focus on treating illness rather than preventing it in the first place. And this then plays into the politics of what's being talked about in your city right now as the federal liberal are meeting for their caucus retreat. Because I think that the premiers are sort of duping the federal government into saying, oh, we have to debate them on how much we're transferring. How much money are we transferring for the medical care system? Rather than claiming credit, it's the feds who've been stepping up to invest more in child care, to have a national housing strategy, a national poverty reduction strategy, to promote reconciliation. Because that's actually where the health promotion action really takes place and where provinces have been retreating. To use your burning house analogy, and I love it, and I think it works perfectly, but is it not a case of, 
the government, health officials, whatever the case is, telling us, hey, listen, you need to eat right, you need to exercise, you need to be aware of your mental health, take care of yourself, and it's us as a society lighting the match. That's a really interesting way to put it. And I think, though, if we take one step back further, like, think about what we learned about COVID. The risks of getting COVID in the, you know, the first year of the pandemic related to where did you live? What was your housing? Where did you work? What were the working conditions? I think that has to be such a signal for us. Then what did we do during uh, COVID? We, you know, as the economy was being undermined, as everyone needed to physically distance, we had our federal government actually really ramp up social spending much more urgently than medical spending. And one of the things that happened is we reduced poverty to levels that I've never seen in my my professional career. But now that we've kind of come out of those early experiences of COVID uh, and we're kind of losing sight of like, oh, health doesn't begin with the medical care system. Health begins where we're born, grow, live, work and age. And so that's the, the, the federal liberals right now. They could, you know, put some more money and actually now transform the system. They could kind of have a status quo thing that will just cost us more money because you can't spend your way through a medical care system to make us healthy. Or they could say, yes, clearly the long line of patients with long wait times is inadequate right now because we've been doing too little prevention. So we're going to have to do some firefighting right now. But let's not let the firefighting drain all the resources. Let's know that science is clear. We are more likely to improve life expectancy and reduce avoidable deaths and illness the more urgently we grow social spending by comparison with medical spending. Got about a minute with Paul Kershaw, professor in the School of Population Health at UBC. Uh, we're talking about healthcare and how to get to a much better place, not only with our personal health, but certainly from a, uh, a health policy standpoint. What do you make of what the Doug Ford government here in Ontario has decided to do in offering more care at private clinics? Yeah, so this is, you know, not a new conversation in Canada. And I am definitely one who is constantly urging us to try and find efficiencies. There are economists out there who will be better on this issue than me. But what I can tell you is say, you know, check out somebody like David Green at UBC who's talked about this for a while. And he'll say them, the more we rely on the private sector to deliver care paid for by the public, the private sector is going to cream the easy cases and profit from it leaving the public sector to take the complicated cases and not have the economy of scale that comes with having the easy ones. And so there's a risk that the quality in the public system starts to deteriorate while the private system creams the profits. That's a different kind of conversation. Again, it's not an unimportant one, but that will never fix making the broken medical care system now reprioritize what I think Tommy Douglas, like the father of medical care, he said, remember, Our intention for medical care is not just to patch people up when they get sick, it's to keep people well in the first place. And so we right now, we're not just fighting a medical care crisis, we're fighting like an inflation crisis, a cost of living crisis. Helping those most struggling with the cost of living crisis actually is going to help the population health as well. It's the flip side of the same coin, and we can get double duty from doubling down on investing on social issues, which will in the medium and long term and in the short term improve the health of the population to reduce pressures and reduce physician burnout because physicians are feeling like can i can i prescribe childcare? can i prescribe housing can i prescribe poverty reduction they can't and they know this is a big challenge facing them and why their line of patients is so long all great points paul kershaw professor in the school of population health at ubc really appreciate your time today thanks for joining us
My pleasure. Have a great day. Very interesting discussion. Thanks again to Dr. Kershaw. Thanks for listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday mornings from 530 to 9 on 900 CHML and online at 900CHML.com.